we work with people who are very much like ourselves. And so by talking about our own story, we attract people who identify with little pieces of our own journey and they end up being our ideal clients. unconventional leader. Maybe you are the one that everyone discounted. Maybe you struggle with fear and self-doubt. We are here to empower the next generation of self-starters to step up, use their voice, and make an impact in this world. You're listening to The Weekly Parody. Hey, welcome to today's episode. If this is your first time listening, my name is Heather Parody. I am your host. I'm so honored that you are here. Thanks for your time. This is a really short episode and it is jam-packed with some valuable information. So you really, really need to pay attention to all the wisdom that our guest this week drops. We have Christy Dosh with us. She is a publicist who founded Guide My Brand. She left the corporate world to work for outlets like Forbes and ESPN, and now she works with busy entrepreneurs. Holla, can you relate to that? Busy. And nonfiction authors who want to become experts themselves and grow their businesses. So listen, guys, listen, we had a summit this past fall called How to Build an Audience, and I wanted to repurpose some of those episodes on this show because I think that is one of the number one questions that I hear from early entrepreneurs, people who are starting off to build their brands or their organizations, nonprofits even, man, like anything like that. How do I grow an audience? How do I build excitement around what I'm doing? Maybe you're super passionate about it, but getting other people to be excited is kind of hard. You're like throwing a party. You're like, man, this is awesome. Why aren't you paying attention? <laughs> and it's, it's, a, it's a skill. It's something that you have to develop. Such good information from this summit. Christy was a part of it, and I'm repurposing the show today. But before we get started, if you have not subscribed to this podcast, you know what I'm going to ask you. Look down at your phone and hit that button. It only takes two seconds. I don't want you to miss another episode. And if this has been helpful to you at all, if you want to support Southern girls who say y'all, I'm going to need you to share this. Share this with one person who you think would benefit from it. We really want to impact as many people as we can this year. And I definitely need your help to do that. I'm so grateful for you. You have no idea. And lastly, one more thing. If you're looking for a tribe, if you need some more support, connect with us one-on-one. We are not far away. We're here to support you. You can check us out on Facebook, put in unconventional leaders, and we have some amazing, some of the best people in the world in that group. I'm just constantly challenged to step up my game by the tribe that's gathering there. We would love to have you. So check us out there. All right, enough of me yabbing. Let's get into this incredible episode, Branding Tips, How to Grow Your Audience with Christy Dodge. So when I say building an audience, where does your mind go? Because I know everybody kind of thinks about that differently. What do you think about when I say that? It's really everything you put out that's forward facing. It's social media posts, it's your newsletter, it's your own blog. And then sort of the next level stuff is writing on other people's blogs and websites and for, you know, blogs on major publication websites, podcast interviews, speaking, you know, everybody is at sort of a different level. But from the day you start your business, you're building an audience. Every time you put a piece of content out there, it's to build your audience. Yeah. 
and that's intimidating. It's intimidating because <laughs> it's different switching from just kind of personal stuff into business. So I'd love, I mean, this is kind of an outside the box question, but you said that. How do you kind of make that transition? Do people need to kind of separate their personal lives and their professional, blend those two? What's your take on that? I think it is a blend. The first exercise I do with anybody, whether they're in our group program and they're coaching or they're doing done for you with us, is we write or I teach them how to write an expert statement. And your expert statement is essentially your elevator pitch, which I think most people are familiar with, combined with your unique personal or professional background. So it's really taking your why, why do you do what you do? Why did you start this kind of business? Or why did you write this book? It's taking that why, which usually has some personal detail involved and combining it with what do you do and who do you do it for? I think that positions you very uniquely if you do it correctly. If you include enough detail, then you're going to be positioned unique in the marketplace and you're going to attract people who need someone specifically like you. Because most of us work with people who are where we were a week ago or a month ago or six months ago or a year ago or five years ago. We work with people who are very much like ourselves. And so by talking about our own story, we attract people who identify with little pieces of our own journey and they end up being our ideal clients. Yeah, but you know, I've heard this so much and I've felt it too myself and I'm sure you've heard it with your clients, this hesitancy to really niche and hone in because you feel like you're eliminating so many people. And you, I kind of hear two different stories. Sometimes people are like, go all in really specific and some people are like, oh, you don't need to do that so much. What is your take on it? How niche should we get? I'm a big believer in the niche. I think that if you try to be everything to everyone, you end up being nothing to no one. <laughs> um, where I saw it firsthand is when I did start writing about the business of sports. I was practicing law and I was blogging about legal and business issues in sports and I covered every sport on the planet. And at one point I realized that the pieces that were doing the best were specifically about the business side of college football. And so when you see that more people are reading or responding to those pieces, you want to do more of it because you want to get like more of that feedback and more of that engagement. And I did that. And when I niched down to just the business of college football, I blew up. I got a book deal. I ended up getting hired away from my law practice to go work for ESPN full time as a sports business reporter. So like I saw it happen for me when I niched down. Now that being said, I don't think it's the right thing to do to decide on your niche day one. Like you just left your nine to five, you're starting your business today and you define this like super tight niche because you might find you don't actually enjoy working with the people you think you're going to enjoy working with or doing the thing you think you're going to do. Like when I went out on my own to form my PR firm, I thought I was only going to work with attorneys. I am an attorney. I had been in a PR agency where I was working in our legal marketing division and I thought that was my thing. Well, I don't work with any attorneys right now because what ended up happening was it took a long time to close law firms and attorneys. And in the meantime, I was signing up these entrepreneurs who wanted to work with me and it kind of led me down a different path. So I think you have to be open to your niche sort of finding you in the beginning and don't get so caught up on it from day one. But yes, I think that's the direction you need to be moving is narrowing as you go. I love that. I feel like often people think that they're just stuck in one place and you're saying, hey, be willing to change and move about as you see the different results. And that kind of leads me to our one of our questions from our listeners. They said, how do you know the difference between I need to be patient 
to see results versus this isn't working. I need to do something different. I think that's really hard. I've, I've been in business a little over three years and I like very, very distinctly remember in the beginning going through the first group coaching program where I went through like, as a student and showing up in Facebook groups every day and being consistent and seeing nothing happen, like just hearing crickets, no one was engaging with my posts. You know, I'd see other posts where someone asked, you know, for a PR expert and all these same people were getting tagged over and over and they weren't me. <laughs> and I kept thinking, like, how do I get to that? And I do think it's just continuing to consistently show up every day and provide value, just lead with value. Where I saw my business change was I did this 30-day challenge where every day for 30 days, you were supposed to just give something away. Uh, a tip, a piece of advice, maybe it was a PDF, maybe it was a video training. I sort of did something different every day. And by the time I got to the end of the 30 days, I was completely booked solid. Like the more value I gave, the more the right people found me. So I think most people give up too soon. Um, if you feel like you've been doing it for too long and it's not working, then I think that's the time to bring in a business coach or somebody who can look at it with fresh eyes and give you that opinion on, okay, maybe here's where you need to tweak it or here's why it isn't working. But I think for the vast majority of people, it's not that it isn't working. It's that you haven't given it long enough. 100% agree. That is so good. So good. Now, someone else said uh, that they feel overwhelmed with all all the different strategies and all the different ways that you can market yourself. And I think you're going to be able to speak to this so well because you have experience with social blogging, like PR stuff. So how, how do you figure out which avenue you need to pursue? Are you kind of in the mindset like Gary Vee, like you need to be everywhere all the time or do you need to really just pick certain platforms and certain strategies and stick with those? What's kind of your stance on that? I think as I have grown and as my team has grown, I have grown the number of places I'm visible because I have a team to help me implement it. But I'll be honest, I was all in on Facebook in the beginning. Um, I got virtually all of my business from being active in Facebook groups. Now, that's not necessarily right for everybody. Your clients might be on LinkedIn. I think you've got to figure out who your client is, who, and who your ideal client is can change. Like I said, you don't want to, like I thought mine was lawyers. So actually in the beginning I did start on LinkedIn, but I got in a Facebook group for female entrepreneurs that I got in for just like moral support as I grew my business. And the more I talked about my business, the more these entrepreneurial women approached me and said, well, if you can do that for lawyers, can't you do that for me? And I was like, Yes, I can. <laughs> and then I realized I liked working with them more than I liked working with the attorneys. And so my business shifted in that direction. So there is some trial and error in the beginning where I think you have to try a couple, maybe even three different platforms. But as soon as you see that one of them is getting more traction than the others, I would go all in for a little while to fill your business. And then as you grow, you can start to expand out. You know, the way I'm able to be visible on so many platforms is not just having a team to implement, but we're repurposing. Like my big repurposing strategy is that I do a lot of Facebook lives. I love doing them. I think choose something you love doing. If you love writing, then focus more on written content. If you love speaking, focus more on that. If you're terrified of Facebook live, 
you don't have to push yourself to do that right in the beginning. You can, you can use other avenues, but I do a Facebook live and then my team takes it and transcribes it. They turn it into a blog post. They turn it into a newsletter. They take quotes from it and turn those into quote images that we then use as social media posts. We download it and then upload it onto LinkedIn. We upload it onto YouTube. Now I'm simulcasting on IG live at the same time as Facebook live, but all I have to do is go live for 20 minutes and I have like months worth of content from that 20 minutes. So as you grow, you're going to find ways to repurpose your content and to engage team members to help you grow that. But when you see someone like me, who's in all those places, just understand that isn't where you are right now. I wasn't in all of those places in the beginning. You know, you can't do it all at once in the very beginning. So find the place where you're comfortable and where you're getting traction, grow that, and then you can start adding the other pieces as you grow. That's so good. So good. As, as you're talking, I'm thinking about, you know, since you have a team, it's a little bit easier time management wise for you to still tend to your clients and your work and then still produce content. At the very beginning stages though, when you didn't have the team and all that set up, how did you divide your time from client work and just running your business and then also getting out there and working on building your audience? So my big sort of strategy I implemented, which I still do today is I have always had two days a week that I block out on my calendar that people cannot book calls with me. So like right now it happens to be Mondays and Thursdays, but over time I've switched what days of the week it is. And I do not do calls on that day, except in the case of emergencies. If a client has an emergency and they need to talk to me, fine. But two days a week where I don't allow calls because what I found was I would end up with these calls all over my calendar and the space in between the calls like wasn't enough to dig in and do client work. And so I do a little more block scheduling now. The idea is that Mondays and Thursdays are for my business and that that's where I'm concentrating on systems and on promo and creating content and doing the stuff I need to do for my business. Now, that being said, I'm not great about honoring that. I quite often will use one of those days. Like for example, um, I have a day coming up that was supposed to be a day to work on my business, but I'm really behind on a client project. And so I've blocked it out for that client now. So you got to be flexible. I mean, look, I'm not perfect, but I don't have any calls on that day. So I am going to get a ton done for that client because I don't have any calls booked on that day. So find some spaces that you can save for yourself and your business, but know that you're not always going to be able to hold yourself to it. <laughs> That's wisdom. That is wisdom. I love that. Christy, I cannot thank you enough for your time. I have one more question for you, but I wanted to give you an opportunity to just kind of share where you're at online and how people can connect with you. Yeah, so my website is guidemybrand.com and we are at guidemybrand on all of the big social media platforms. We're on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Um, so you can find us any of those places. I go live pretty often on my Facebook business page. And now I'm starting to sort of simulcast it on Instagram, which there's no big secret. People I have two cameras. I have one camera that sits up to my computer and then I've got my phone and I just prop up the phone in front of the computer camera and I hit live on both of them. And there you are, you're on Facebook and Instagram at the same time. There's no like big secret. <laughs> it's just having uh, two cameras of any kind. Uh, so you can find me there. And I would love to teach people more about how to get visible on podcasts because I think that that's where you can see the most 
instant return where you'll really start to see your email list grow in the beginning. So if you go to guidemybrand.com forward slash podcast, I've got a guide that will teach you how to start putting yourself out there for podcast interviews. I love that. All of that will be linked up. Definitely check out her Facebook lives. You are so charismatic and I love watching. Love Thank watching. You. So good. So good. Okay. So my last question is let's say you were to rewind time and you were sitting with Christy a few years ago before you got started. What advice would you give yourself back then? Things you didn't know or understand then outside of, you know, being willing to change and consistency. Some of those other things we've talked about. What are a few tactical things you would say, Christy, listen, you need to do this. <laughs> I think that one thing I struggled with in the beginning was I found a couple of business coaches who I really thought were killing it and they were. Um, and I thought they were fantastic. And I tried too hard to do things exactly like them. Like I, I took programs from both of them. And as I was implementing things, sometimes there was this voice in the back of my head that was saying, this isn't right for your audience. You know, this wording isn't right or this exact strategy. Like I would have these voices in my head that would tell me to tweak things to fit my audience and my business. And I wouldn't listen. I would think, okay, this person did it this way. And if I do it exactly like they did it, I'm going to get the exact results they got. And it took me a little while to feel confident enough to tweak those things and make them work for me and for my, like one of the business coaches, for example, she wanted you to email your list every day my audience doesn't want to hear from me every day. They love me and they're loyal. They do not want to hear from me every single day. So it was being willing to take the advice and tweak it for me and for my audience. I wish I had done that a little sooner uh, and had just trusted that, that voice in my head and my gut instinct a little bit more. Thank you for listening to this week's episode. If you have not subscribed yet, please head over to iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts and hit that subscribe button. And also, if you have a second, leave us a review. Lastly, we have a private Facebook group. If you are looking for a tribe of like-minded leaders who are unconventional in their approach, but dedicated to making an impact, head over to Facebook and type in unconventional leaders, and we will be sure to add you. You guys have a great week.